SAFM Sports Wrap. Good evening to you. Welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. I'm Brad Brown. Thanks a lot to the MoneyWeb team. They're back on your radio tomorrow at 6 p.m. A jam-packed show lined up for you tonight. Uh, we'll be chatting some mountain biking. We'll also be looking at uh, the big news about the Russia uh, heading into the Rio Olympic Games. Uh, we'll chat some trail running with Lucky Mia. He joins us. He's about to hop on a plane. He'll be joining us tonight as well. So that's all coming up between now and 7 o'clock. Some of the big stories making news. Chris Froome has extended his leads uh, at top of the leaderboard at the Tour de France. He now has a 2 minute 27 gap over his nearest rival on the general classification, Balco Molema, uh, sitting in second. Adam Yates has moved into third. Uh, the young rider is now on the podium, 2 minutes 53 seconds behind Chris Froome. Nairo Quintana lost some more time today as well. He's 3.27. Good news, though, for South Africa is that Louis Mankies had a fantastic day in the Alps today. He's moved into 10th overall, 6 minutes and 7 seconds behind Froome. Other big news is that Kevin Peterson has signed a five-match deal with the Dolphins. He'll be playing in the 2016 Ram Slam T20 Challenge. Looking forward to that. Coming up next, uh, we'll chat to Manfred Seidler. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, there have been some bombshells over the last couple of days as far as uh, sport goes, particularly in the build-up to the 2016 Rio Olympic Games. Not long to go now, and we are still uh, unsure of whether or not Russia uh, will be participating. Not necessarily the entire country, but uh, part of the athletes. And we join now by Manfred Seidler to, to sort of just put everything into perspective and where we stand right now. Manfred, thanks for joining us. Great to, to catch up. Before we chat about the McLaren report that was uh, released this week, let's just touch on the court for arbitration. Uh, in sport decision and ruling that's expected tomorrow. Uh, the IAAF has ruled that uh, Russian athletes may not participate in the Rio Olympic Games. Russia's taken them to the CAS uh, and appealed that decision it's, it's, as it stands now on a case-to-case basis. Uh, and Russia's saying that's nonsense. The athletes should be able to go from a track and field perspective. Correct. That's in principle what it is. The, the, the way it stands right now is the IWF has banned track and field from competing at the Rio Games. Um, the IOC has to uh, abide by that decision because they're in principle they, they're just the host um, of, a, of, of a huge event, but the individual sporting federations and sporting codes, they look after their, their individual sports. So, yes, the IWF has banned um, track and field athletics road running. Uh, the whole kitchen caboodle from competing internationally, and, and that obviously includes uh, the, the Olympic Games. Um, athletes on an individual basis, you've got that quite right, are allowed to appeal, um, and some of them have already done it, Uranus and Bayer being one, and Daya Kishina, the, the Russian long jumper, has been another one, and she's been clear. She can compete, um, and she will compete under the IOC flag, which is uh, it's a neutral flag, and then the Lana Mayer, um and, and so Team South Africa competed under that flag in 1992 when we were readmitted to, uh, to international competition. So, so that's where it stands right now. And this ruling tomorrow is absolutely massive. Um, you know, IWF may, CAS may rule against the IWF, which means that we will see a plethora of Russian athletes competing at the, the Olympic Games. Um, or they, CAS may uphold the IWF ruling, which which means there's a lot of lot more medals up for grabs, which will make uh, some quite interesting headlines. Yeah, yeah, Manfred, I mean, this decision tomorrow will have big implications. I mean, if the, the court does rule in favor of Russia, they then reinstate it. But 
obviously what's happened this week with uh, the release of the, the McLaren report around the, the Sochi Winter Olympics, and, and that's not track and field. That's, there's multiple sporting codes involved there. The IOC uh, considering, and, and I know many of, of the international, uh, sort of many countries, uh, Olympic committees, have uh, have called for a total ban of Russia, and that is at what stake here. So the, the court for arbitration sport might rule in favor of Russia tomorrow, but there could still be more sanctions coming. They could, and, and if, if CAS, for example, does rule in the, you know, in the case of, of Russia, that they can compete at the Olympics, and the IOC has a bit of a uh, dilemma on their hands, because as you said, they are looking at, they have been called, excuse me, for Russia to be banned, the country to be banned uh, for competing at the Olympics, full stop. That will mean surf, uh, surfing, surfing's not yet there, but that would mean tennis, that would mean cut and field, that would mean swimming, that would mean cycling, that would mean the entire, you know, the entire games. Um, but should the IOC go ahead with that decision and CAS has turned around and upheld Russia's appeal, IOC has a very big problem because they effectively are saying to CAS, but we don't agree with you. And they will have another long court case. Um, and, of course, time is running out, as you say. It's less than three weeks to go. Yeah, it's running out very, very quickly. And, and we mentioned multiple sporting codes. I mean, to give you an idea, the guy who won the stage at today's Tour de France, Zachary, is a Russian rider. He's been selected for Russia's cycling team for the Olympics. So if uh, uh, he might not be going to Olympic Games. But, Manfred, if that decision is upheld, I mean, you look at the, the evidence that's been put on the table. Uh, you look at uh, the Pound Report. You look at... Uh, the this latest one this week, the evidence is damning of what's going on and what has been going on in Russia. If, for whatever reason, these athletes are allowed to compete, it's catastrophic, not just for athletics, but for sport across the globe. It's an absolute farce, but then, of course, it's, you know, the CAS rules from a legal point of view, and if there's any reasonable doubt, they have to find in favor of, of the party that's appealing. I mean, that's just how it works. So, yeah, it could be an absolute farce. It could be a complete shambles. Um, you know, the other question that's been raised is, is, you know, yeah, sure, let's ban Russia, but surely Russia's not the only country. Although, you know, there are very few countries that have had a, a systematic government-supported uh, doping program. I mean, the the Secret Service, uh, the, uh, the former KGB, I think they're now called the FSA, um, have been in, have been involved in this whole doping cover-up, where they found ways to tamper with sealed um, uh, samples, and uh, you know to come up negative. How they've done that, who knows? It's almost something like kind of a science fiction movie, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's concerning, and uh, I just I, as much as I, I hate this happening, my concern is if they do get reinstated, we're going to see a massive boycott from other nations, saying, "Well, we don't agree if if Russia's there, we're not coming." And, I mean, the Olympics are a celebration of sports. It, it'll be sad to see it, but that is also a possibility. I'm not so sure if that would happen, Brad. I mean, you remember the boycotts that happened in 1884. Those were politically motivated. Those were, you know, the Americans uh, um, saying that they're not sending a team to the, to the Olympics in Moscow in 1918, and the whole Western bloc kind of supported that. That was a, I think it was Jimmy Carter who was then president, who turned around and said, our country will not compete. Um, and then Russia, you know, responded in uh, the Soviet Union responded in 1984 and said, "Well, we're not going to compete." Uh, I don't think you're going to have that many. You, you might be one or two nations which will turn around and say, "You know, we're boycotting." Um, but I can't really see it happening. I mean, there's too many athletes who have invested too much in preparation. Um, so I, I don't think so. There's no. There's no. 
let's say, uh, government behind uh, that sort of call or that sort of thinking. Um, but yeah, look, it could happen. I, I just don't think it's, it's, it's that much of a possibility like we saw in the 80s. Yeah, it's, it's sad indeed. And, and uh, as an athlete, if, if I was an athlete, I wouldn't want to be competing because, uh, I mean, let's be honest, uh, with the evidence that has been presented, the playing fields are definitely not level. So we're going to watch this one very, very closely. And uh, Manfred, I'm sure we'll chat to you again in the build-up to the games as well because I think there's still a long way to go on this story, unfortunately. And, uh, yeah, we'll keep an eye on it. Uh, it's extremely sad as we get uh, closer and closer to the start of the Rio Olympic Games. Thanks for your time this evening. And look forward to chatting again. The following political party advertisement has been paid for by the political party concerned. The views expressed in this advertisement are those of the political party and not those of the station. Greetings, South Africa. The African National Congress would like to thank you for your continued support. Looking back, life under the apartheid white regime was painful and not easy. But today, because of the ANC government, a lot has been done to deliver free housing, running water, sanitation and refuse removal, as well as electricity. The time has come for us to unite once again and advance our people's power even further. Botella Ukongolose, Bomshaga 3 August, in the upcoming local government elections together advancing people's power in every community. Local government is in our hands. SAFM Sports Wrap. On to some rugby now. The chairman of the Sharks Board of Directors, Stephen Saad, today announced the appointment of former Springbok and Sharks captain Gary Teichman as the new CEO of the Durban-based rugby franchise. Teichman set to start his three-year tenure at the helm of the Sharks at the beginning of August and will take over from former Springbok captain John Smith, who has resigned after three years in the job. Saad also thanked Smith for his contribution, saying that revenue actually increased and so did sponsorship during Smith's tenure in charge and made particular mention of the Sharks' improved relationships with the Itikweni municipality. Smith has given Teichman his unwavering support and says that he's enjoyed the three years he's been at the helm of the Sharks. Smith, though, he says he found the last three weeks of his tenure difficult after accusations by former CEO Brian Van Sale of Smith having, plunging the shark, having plunged the Sharks into financial difficulty. Teichman says he will do everything within his powers to make sure that they retain the best talent within the franchise and union. At the same time, Teichman wants the Sharks to be accessible to the community and former players who he says they belong to and thanked Smith for helping the franchise through a difficult time. SAFM Sports Wrap. On to some rugby now. The chairman of the Sharks Board of Directors, Stephen Saad, today announced the appointment of former Springbok and Sharks captain Gary Teichman as the new CEO of the Durban-based rugby franchise. Teichman set to start his three-year tenure at the helm of the Sharks at the beginning of August and will take over from former Springbok captain John Smith, who has resigned after three years in the job. So we had a very thorough procurement, uh, recruitment process uh, in appointing a new CEO, and we had a little bit more time than you're aware of because John had approached me at the beginning of this calendar year to say, you know, he, he needed to get his work-life balance correct. Um, 
And I asked him to please just delay to delay this announcement until until the union was a little bit more settled. Uh, we had a, we had an, uh, a process. We had over 20 applicants for the position, and we had uh, some pretty detailed criteria that we were looking for. Six key points we were looking for. I'm not going to bore you with all of those details. We certainly can talk about them a little bit later if need be. But in in running the process, the person that ticked all the blocks and has come through this process has been has been Gary. So Gary, welcome. Gary is the, will be the new Chief Executive Officer at the Sharks. Gary's start date will be 2 August, um, and John will help manage the transition with Gary. Um, you know, I'd, it's very hard to talk about someone like Gary because you all know as much, if not more, about Gary than I do. But suffice to say that Gary is a person who's he's been on the Sharks board. He's, he's a man that has the respect of the entire community. On the field... You know, he captained the Sharks, he's captained Springboks, and he was part of a very successful era in the 90s of the Sharks. Saad also thanked Smith for his contribution, saying that revenue actually increased and so did sponsorship during Smith's tenure in charge, and made particular mention of the Sharks' improved relationships with the Itikweni municipality. Firstly, John, uh, John has announced his, announced his resignation, and the board had thanked John for what he'd done. Um, but I think it's important, John, to, 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 to once again, to reaffirm, you've managed a very challenging period. Um, and you've managed it with aplomb. And there's a few things that I would, there's a few, there's a few areas that I really would like to cover for the media. So I, I read, for example, in the press that there's a declining <laughs> revenue base in the shops. I want to tell you that under, under John Smith, we've had an inclining revenue base. Our revenue's never been higher. We've had, uh, we've had massive increases in sponsorship, and so the Sharks' revenue base has increased substantially. John also managed to patch up a very fractured relationship with the city, which is not always appreciated. So the city sponsors the Sharks. The, city, the Sharks are used as ambassadors when the, the city goes out there. And, John, you have managed that relationship exceptionally well, and it puts us in a, 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 a better situation in talking. There is no point in having a fractured relationship with the city. You did a great job there, so well done on that, John. And most importantly, John, I think what Gary can feel very comfortable about is he picks up a business that's clean, that's run with integrity, and you've dealt with all the gremlins that you had to deal with around governance in the past, so well done. Um, and, you know, John, John said something in the media, and you've been true to it, John. You have... In at all instances, you have played the ball and not the man. And for that, we thank you as a board. Smith has given Teichman his unwavering support and says that he's enjoyed the three years he's been at the helm of the Sharks. Smith, though, he says he found the last three weeks of his tenure difficult after accusations by former CEO Brian Van Sale of Smith having, plunging the sh- having plunged the Sharks into financial difficulty. Um, from our side, Gary, also welcome. I think it's um, you know, when Gary and Stephen are in the year... To announce my um, resignation at the end of the year, it was always the one thing in terms of not knowing who would come next. So to be able to sit here next to you, knowing full well that you take over the reins, uh, I think it's not just the, the, the rest of the public and the fan base, but me as well. And um, you know, full well that, as I've mentioned to you in, in the last couple of days, whatever you need from our side is obviously uh, I'm at your disposal. And, um, yeah, I think the three years that I've been here have been phenomenal, as, as difficult as the last couple of weeks have been. And... Uh, with all the speculation, which I think Stephen has done well in, in ending. Um, it has been a difficult three weeks, but certainly hasn't marred 
the three years um, that I've had here. So it's been a fantastic opportunity, and uh, we've managed to get through a hell of a lot. And uh, that process, I know, will continue in an upward curve with, with Gary at the helm. So um, to Stephen and the board, who've been unbelievably supportive, uh, to the staff, uh, it's, it's, been a, it's been a great three years. And in whatever capacity I can help in the future, I, I want everyone to know that I'll be there for you. Teichman says he'll do everything within his powers to make sure that they retain the best talent within the franchise and union. At the same time, Teichman wants the Sharks to be accessible to the community and former players who he says they belong to and thanked Smith for helping the franchise through a difficult time. For me, it's a huge honour to be back in, in rugby, back at the Sharks. Um, I must say, um, being on the outside... Um, you're sort of always looking in and, and it's something that has been a huge part of your life. You're always wanting to feel part of it. So, you know, when this opportunity came up, uh, um, I feel I, um, at work I'm, I'm in the right space. Um, I've got decent guys at work to, to um, run that business. And, uh, you know, having chatted with Stephen and Terry and Graham and the super sports guys, I, I believe there is a vision and... Uh, and that uh, I wanted to be part of it and see if we can um, make this uh, rugby whole environment work. I think it's a very difficult uh, um, business to be in in that it's, um, you have these challenges. But we've got to do whatever we can to make sure that we keep the players here and make sure they want to play for South Africa. And, uh, yeah, it's very difficult to comment on what do you want to do until you've been in that position you understand what is being done um, I, I know John has been through some tough times I think he, he took over and there were some issues that he had to sort out and I congratulate for him on doing that um, and I think he's, he's done a great job um, I, we had a chat yesterday and I'm certainly going to draw on all the support of John and, and the ex-players because um, I believe that rugby belongs to everyone and those guys have had a huge part in, in getting it to where it is and, and they need to feel part of the process and uh, you know, I'm looking forward to it. Even though his contract is for three years, Teichman says they are open to extending it depending on how he fares in the job but that he is also willing to step aside if he is not doing the job well. Uh, it's three years, and uh, I think it's pretty open. Um, you know, for me, what's important is that I can make a difference. If we're getting to to a period where I'm not making the difference, and there's um, other people to to step in, then then we'll deal with it. You know, to me, it's uh, it's uh, there's the challenges ahead uh, that we've got to deal with, and once we've dealt with those challenges, and we can all see we're going in the right direction, we'll take it from there. So. It's pretty, pretty open. I've been hospitalized for a work injury for over two months, but I never had to worry about how my family would survive. My employer continued to pay 75% of my salary while I was in hospital, which they will claim back from the compensation fund. You know, I didn't have to worry about my medical bill either. The compensation fund took care of that too. In fact, the only thing I have to worry about now is keeping these children quiet. <laughs>
If you wish to know more about how you can benefit from the compensation fund as an employee, go to your nearest labor center or provincial office or call 0860-105-350 or email customercare at labor.gov.za. Their services are free. The Compensation Fund, working for you. us this week on Top Billing in a showstopper home by world-renowned designer Perla Lichi. Katlejo Mabue welcomes us to his hometown of Potchefstroom. Hip-hop star MT gives us the lowdown on his rise to success. Plus, will Bonang and Jonathan take top honors at this year's U Spectacular Awards? Find out on Top Billing this Thursday night at 8, repeat Sunday at 12.30. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, you've been hearing it on news this afternoon here on SAFM, and the potential buyers of the Free State Stars Premier League soccer status have only 48 hours to conclude this deal and meet the league's conditions, or else there will be no transaction and no return of Morocco Swallows to elite football. This was the comment of the PSL chairman, Irvin Kors, as he addressed a press conference this afternoon on why this deal has taken so long to be confirmed. Kors made it clear that Stars remain their member and sent a clear message to those making statements in the media through the... The uh, thought-to-be Gauteng MEC of Education, Panyazala Sufi, who's said to be talking on behalf of per- purchasing uh, of the purchasing consortium. As it stands, the position is that there is no approved transaction. The parties have not informed the league that, that is between them, even the suspension conditions have been fulfilled. There is nothing for the league to properly consider and approve. And the media commentary that suggests that Morocco Fires is back in the league and with the stars, I'm no longer a member, I incorrect and regrettable. Position of the league right now that we await a full report from the parties. The reason is about to begin, the season is about to begin and we cannot wait much longer if we are to consider the matter. If by the end of the week we do not have clarity, then there will be nothing for us to consider and there will be no transaction, change of club or anything like that. For what is worth the comments that have been made about the Morocco Swallows buying free testers are also incorrect. No such transactions have been placed before the league. The intention of the trust is to buy the club and then seek a name change. It is a matter that will have to be dealt with when the time comes. As it stands, no such application has been made. Corsair has also revealed that in principle the PSL Executive Committee had pre-approved this deal but under strict conditions. It appears that one of those conditions is the disclosure of the members of the purchasing consortium. But again, Le Sufi's continuous comments in the different media platforms seem to be putting this deal in jeopardy. Dear Mr. Mukwen, a reapplication for consent to dispose of license to participate. One, an application and supporting documentation was provided to the League yesterday. As you know, you ask that a process transaction, uh, proposed transaction be considered urgently. The executive committee is required to consider such an application and, quote, not another way will hold or delay approval, close quote. In view of the agency of the matter, the application has received pre-approval from the executive committee, but on strict conditions as required by the lease constitution and rules in the sale agreement. Three, those conditions include A, payment of the sale price into a trust, B, Establishing that no person will acquire right or interest where that person has held such an interest in the preceding 12 months. C. Ensuring that appropriate arrangements have been made regarding the players of the club. 4. It was agreed that you know, at a meeting that there would no comment on the matter from the parties to the transaction unless and until this aspect has been properly dealt with 
that any media questions would be referred to the chairman of the league in the interim. Despite this agreement, comments have been made, including an interview on Radio Metro, I understand. And this has now caused all sorts of questions to be addressed to the acting chief executive officer and other members of the executive committee, which made it difficult to deal with the matter responsibly while addressing questions that cannot be tested now. The matter is under consideration at the moment, and there is no reasons or justification for media commentary right now. And this has already caused potential prejudice and may frustrate the process. It is important to mention this to you as if the result is, is the transaction cannot proceed, that will be due to the fault of the parties not in keeping to a relatively straightforward arrangement. SAFM Sports Wrap. You're listening to SAFM Sports Wrap, and he's uh, about to hop on a plane to go and take part in uh, a phenomenal, phenomenal race. It's the uh, 2016 Sky Running World Championships taking place in Spain. KOA athlete and 2015 SA Sky Runner champ Lucky Mia joins us uh, on Sports Wrap this evening. Lucky, welcome. Uh, thanks for, for taking the time to join us. The race takes place on the 23rd of July, just around the corner. Uh, how are you feeling ahead of it? Uh, thanks, Brad. Uh, I'm feeling good. Yes, good, strong, and ready, and ready for the race. Lucky sky running. Uh, for for those who who don't know, it is incredible. It's obviously run at uh, at an altitude. It's 42 kilometers. It's it's a full on marathon. Uh, it's taking place in the Pyrenees, but there is some incredible climbing uh, over those 42 kilometers. I think think something like 3.2 kilometers. That's 3,200 meters uh, of of vertical gain over the marathon. It's it's not one of the easiest marathons on the planet. Yes, that's true. We'll be going. Up to the thousand uh, two hundred meters, which will be very very difficult for us. But yeah, as uh, as we know a long time ago uh, about this race, we prepared enough, so I'm ready. I'm happy with my training. So yeah, yeah, I'm ready. It will be a hard race, but yeah, I will definitely be hard. Like you've got some. Make I was yeah. going to say you've got some unfinished business with uh, with these these world champs, don't you? Yes, that's true. Two years back, uh, I, I did the Mont Blanc in Chamonix, and I couldn't finish the race. Uh, at about uh, 12 kilometers to go, I had a groin injury. So this year, with the experience I've got from that race, I think uh, I will definitely have to prove a point there. What have you done differently in the build-up to this one as opposed to, to that one? I think my training, in 2014 I didn't have a coach, but uh, from immediately after that race I, I decided to get a coach on board. So he's been doing great work for me, uh, putting a program together. So I think uh, that, that, that will be my advantage because I can definitely see the progress. Lucky, one thing I love about trail running, particularly for, for guys like yourself who are at the, the top end of the field, is, is you can almost tailor-make and find races that, that suit your abilities and your strengths. What would, what would you say your strengths are as a, as a trail runner? Uh, no, I don't uh, Yeah, the race will, be, will have a big climb, so I'm quite strong when it comes to climbing, and uh, there will be a lot, lot of uh, technical running. So, which, which I'm also good on it. So that will be my strength uh, when it comes to this uh, Saturday's race. 
You've had some incredible battles here in South Africa with some of the, the top names in, in South African trail running, and I think of, of many a battle you've had with, uh, with AJ Collitz. Looking at, at who you can be up against in, in these worlds, you're the only South African. Do you know much about uh, the competitors and the other runners you'll be racing against? Oh, not exactly. Uh, the, I'm not sure who I'll be running with, but uh, you know what? I'm ready for anything. I will run my own race, push hard as much as I can, and uh, do my best. I wanted to ask you that. How do you approach from a strategy perspective? You, you go into this race, you, you've obviously looked at maps of the terrain and, and, and looked at the, the, the sort of route profile so you know where the big climbs are. But do you go out there and, and, and run as best as you can, know what you're going for, and if that's good enough on the day to, to, to possibly win or, or pick up a, a podium spot, then so be it? Or do you go out and, and chase the guys who, who start fast? Uh, you know what? It depends on how you feel. Uh, I'm just going... I'm just hoping for the, the good day and my body and the rhythm on the day. So the strategy will be to to run smart, obviously, so that I don't blow out early. Uh, yes, I will. I will. I will. I will start behind the guys, uh, not to to give them a lot of distance ahead, and uh, and. Try to manage that uh, that pace, maintain it until uh, until maybe halfway mark, or so and then push as hard as I can to towards the finish. Well, lucky, all the best from all of us here at SAFM. The whole uh, country's behind you as well. Best of luck, and we look forward to chatting on your return. And hopefully, it's a victorious return as well. Uh, and we'll be following your progress very, very closely. Thanks for for your time. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much. SAFM Sports Wrap. And that's about it for SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. Thank you to each and every one of uh, our guests this evening. I'll be back tomorrow afternoon on PM Live. Sports Wrap will return tomorrow at 6.30. Thanks to my entire team in Johannesburg, uh, Lutando and Tokozo as well. Thank you for your help tonight. Coming up on the other side of 7 o'clock, it is the talk shop with Naledi Maleo. I'm Brad Brown. Have yourself a great evening. Right now, though, it is 7 o'clock and time for your news.